Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Betsy Morace, the managing editor of the Columbia Journalism Review. And this week we talked to Alicia Dexter, who was in a job as an office clerk at a newspaper called The Democrat Reporter, a newspaper in a town of about 2,000 people, uh, 90 miles outside of Montgomery. It was run for many years by a man named Goodloe Sutton, who was a sort of elder statesman in the community. And he has a history of writing pretty incendiary pieces, often racist in, in content. And in February, he published a piece which included, among other things, the sentence, time for the Ku Klux Klan to ride again. Now, uh, Alicia Dexter happens to be a black woman and his only colleague at this newspaper. She found herself at the center of a national controversy that had to do with racial politics and the politics of journalism and who has a voice and who has power and who doesn't. So we're talking to Alicia Dexter, and I'm joined today by Alex Neeson, who's the staff writer at the Columbia Journalism Review. Kyle is off this week. So what did you know about this newspaper before you accepted a job there? Really nothing, um, other than it was a small-town paper. Um, I was going there to be a front office clerk, so I figured answering phones, doing things of that nature, that was a, my initial impression of what I would be doing. Once I got there, um, because it's such a small operation, it was only the two of us in there. It's not... It's not a major um, production in that sense. It's only an eight-page paper. It comes out once a week. As I got there, then I started to learn like certain things. Like he was teaching me how to do the classifieds, the legals, um, the formatting, stuff like that that was set up. What were the big stories in Linden, Alabama, when you arrived? Um, believe it or not, you know, it was a really big fire. I know this here in New York now, but... Um, you know, there was a fire somewhere or there was a major accident. Like I said, it's a very small town, um, very mixed town, believe it or not, despite what he has um, historically put in the paper. Uh, so it's more community events, things like that. Um, you know, um, it does sound like, from my understanding, as I've gotten to know more dealing with all of this, um, he has been quite controversial over the years. And a lot of that has led to a significant decline in his circulation of papers. And it's a small town, right? It's like 2,000 people? Correct. Correct. It's very almost equal black-white among, you know, other other races and, and um, things here, too. But um, it's, it's quite even. It's not. Um, I think people assume it might be predominantly white, but it's not. With that in mind, when you arrived, were there stories that seemed important to you that you observed, especially coming from another place that maybe a news, you would have mm -hmm. liked to see a newspaper cover that weren't being paid attention to? Um, not initially when I first started because my focus was, um, you know, being an office, front office clerk, and I had, I had never lived there, so I didn't know as much about Linden. I'm just now starting to come to some of the community events, which he had um, he wasn't attending, and um, he's 80, and um, he has had significant health issues, and I'm not saying it as an excuse, but it is the truth. Um, like I said, he has three strokes, and he'll tell you that he mentally is not not at the level of where he was years ago to handle the paper. He was actually, he's been trying to sell the paper since 2008, is my understanding from him anyway. And yet he was writing mm -hmm. pretty incendiary editorials. Yes, and um, and that particular article 
the one that really sparked um, some the newer things was on the 14th, and um, you know he he he. I started to see that certain things he would put in the paper he wouldn't put his name to, but as an editor and publisher at the time, you're responsible for everything in the paper. And what was your reaction when you saw it? I was in total disbelief and shock because one of the things for people who um, uh, probably not from here, but you you'll you'll understand if you talk to people that know him. A lot of his interaction with you is not what she, what he wrote, and so my interaction with him was one of teaching me how to write the paper, or you know how you be a good journalist, how you set up the paper. Um, you know, we talked about ways to increase circulation. So that was our rapport. And so when he wrote it, I, I was I was like, I actually found it from my mom. She was like, um, on Facebook, your boss put something about the Klan riots again. I said, what? <laughs> I mean, because it, it, it didn't match up. <clears throat> but anyway, he he wrote it, and then I saw that, um, you know, it had made national news. So when I went Monday, I was very nervous because the paper comes out once a week on Thursday. So the particular issue that that one came out was February 14th. And, um, you know, so, but he was very casual. It was just another normal Monday. I'm, like, locking the door. He's like, why are you locking the door? I said, because... Of what you wrote in the paper, do you understand what you did? Did you understand what you said? And then he was like, "What?" Because <laughs> I'm nervous about people coming. And I'm like, you know, I don't want people to think I'm okay with it because I'm here. Um, so I had so many thoughts um, going through my head, and you know, so we did end up talking about it, and and I knew that he was exactly who he was. He wasn't going to apologize. He wasn't going to be sorry about what he wrote because that's what he believes and that's how he feels and he's not going to change it. Did you feel in that moment in that conversation that maybe you wanted to quit your job? I had already figured that out. Um, you know, that I was going to, I'm like, I'm not going to stay here. That's my way. And then um, his next paper that was released on my 21st, that was the day I was going to tell him, like, you know, let me finish these things up. And that's what I was looking at. It's like, let me finish these few things up and then I need, you know, I need to tell him I'm leaving. And um, the paper he released on the 21st, and because it's a small operation, there was only one email. So I saw everything that goes in and goes out. And so I saw all the, you know, I'm disgusted by any you and anybody that works there that, you know, supports this. And then I saw the support for him. Um, and he he has support. Don't get me wrong. It was significantly, you know, 10, 10 to 2 uh, disgust versus support. But what I took from that situation, which was so ironic to me, um, he never lost a subscriber, but he gained subscribers. Your response when you when this happened was to talk to him, and rather than leave and say, this is disgusting, I don't want to be part of this, you became the editor and publisher. Did you, did you feel a sense of responsibility? Did he ask you to do it? How did that happen? Um, I was prepared to tell him I was going to leave, and then um, he told me on the 21st that he wanted me to take over as publisher and editor. He wanted to take over everything, and he said, I know you can do a good job. I know that I can't take the paper in a direction that it needs to go anymore. Of course, I don't have a background in journalism. I don't have a background in um anything of a format that will relate that you would typically say I would probably be 
on the personal choice in addition to if you look at what he wrote um i am a person of color so when he said that um i was like me he was like yeah he was like i think you can do it he's like i help you learn the business and so i said wow well maybe this is a good opportunity to change the direction of the paper and i know some people's like well is is he using you is he just putting you as a face are you really going to be able to do um what you would like to do or what you think you can do and you know those were all questions in the beginning i said well based upon my relationship with him i feel i could if i felt like i couldn't then I wouldn't have took the position. And what I want to make sure people understand, it wasn't that he tried to control what I wrote. It's what he did around what I wrote that became the issue. So you took over. Mm-hmm. And the 21st. And you started to think about how you would approach things differently. And then when did he start mm-hmm. pushing back against some of those choices? It's really a particular thing that he wanted to make sure he said. He wanted to make sure he still could say things, but it did not have to be with the paper. The problem that I came into was um, it was things to reincite the issues of the 14th. He wanted to be vindicated um, because he didn't say the word lynch in the actual paper, in an interview he had with the lady from Montgomery Advertiser. And I told him, I said, it doesn't matter that you did not say that word. I say, you describe the word, you describe what you do to Lynch. I say, you brought up a hate group, the Klan, to clean up Washington and what they could do. And so he wanted to get this two-column article out that somehow vindicated that he didn't say that. Why are you trying to send this around town and to your friends and colleagues? Shouldn't this come from her paper, which is the Montgomery Advertiser? Um, so I was not going to put it in the paper, and I didn't put it in the paper. So... Um, I found out because we had one email, like one time he sent it to some of his friends. And so I sent like a disclaimer that, you know, this is not the reflections of the paper. This is not the reflection of the editor. This is not the direction we're going in. And then I said, you know, Alicia, you need to separate the email out. You know, it's one email. So I separated the email out and that became his personal email. And so if you emailed him, it will, you know, kick back that this is, you know, longer their email for the paper. Their email for the paper is the Democrat reporter. Um, at Yahoo, that's a very small operation. And so um, what I found out, like going into like the first week of March, and I had to end up sending a press release, press release out March 7th and 8th, was the first um, the first paper that I sent out was February 28th, and it was my first published and editorial paper. On the right was the press release concerning me taking over, and on the left, was an article about him stepping down, laying down the pen, basically retiring. He recreated the front page cover of the 28th edition, and he took out the article concerning himself, and he replaced it with the article he felt vindicated him about the Montgomery Advertiser reporter. And he sent it out to his friends, but he also sent it out to the media outlets. And that was like, I was like, okay, wait a minute. I know he was sending stuff to the print. I would say, just don't print it. Don't worry about it. And he knows it would never go to print. Um, and that wasn't an issue. But that, was that to me, was a more significant issue because now you're falsifying a front page, front page cover that we already printed and distributed. What has this experience made you think about journalism as someone who comes from the um, outside? It, it made me value what you all do, or maybe I should say what, what I've started to do um, more heavily 
um, I, I recognize the weight of responsibility with the platform that you're given. So he had the power because he owned the paper. He published the paper. He edited the paper for years. So he had power in his platform to shape the narrative the way he wanted to. And there are certain people that, you know, like what he wrote. Do you see a role um, Mm -hmm. for yourself in journalism now? I'm beginning to. And, and, um, you know, it's interesting you asking it because people keep saying, well, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, well, that's, you know, I was like, that's really a good question because this was not my background. But now that I'm starting to um, walk into that world or have started to walk into that world, um, there definitely is a strong interest of pursuing what I could possibly do. So I am very interested to see, you know, different ways that I might can go. And um, like I said, during this process, I, I do want to make sure I say this is that, it has been overwhelmingly positive. It has been so much co- support from the media, the journalism industry, as far as referring people that can help me, somebody that can come down and, you know, really show and spend time with me and really show me how it's done. So I just want to make sure I just say I'm very thankful of that. It sounds like you are maybe mulling over a new journalism venture. Can you tell us more <laughs> about that? Well, I would, you know, like I said, I'm very open to it at this point. I really am. Um, I don't have any offers <laughs> or anything like that, so I can, I can be clear, but I am very, very open to continuing down this path. And, you know, if some great things come come that way, um, I'll be very op- open to exploring those. You know, I think hopefully people will take from it that, you know, we can, sometimes we can make a difference in a small way, even though, you know, that wasn't my forethought, you know, as far as it had went, because I was very naive in the sense of um, I didn't realize, you know, you can laugh at me. I didn't realize uh, when I when the press release ran out, I, I did not realize how nationally the story would be taken at me to go, that I, I decided to accept the role. When I got home Friday night, I said, oh, my God, I'm everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I've had jobs where I had a lot of responsibility, but I've never been to the national media in in that aspect. So, um, yeah, it it took me back. You know, I'm hopeful that good things come out of this, even if not for me, for the people there. Um, They still want a paper that reflects them. So that's the kind of part that's missing. You know, it's not about me and him. And, you know, they still have a paper that's not representing them. You know, now since you've stepped down um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and and you mentioned that there's that there seems to be a real desire in the community for a paper um, that is modernized and that reflects you know the people who live there. Um, wh- what's going to happen with the Democrat Reporter? Do you know what's going on with the future of the paper? Um, as far as I know, until anything happens, you know it would be just him at this point. Um, you know, so might be might be trying to buy it. I'm not sure if that's true or not. So. Either somebody's trying to buy it off right now, it's back completely in the hands of him for now. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, and um, and thank you for, for your valiant efforts <laughs> in, your, in your situation. Thank you so much for covering this story. Um, you know, like I said, it, it, I really feel for the people there because, you know, they were trying to have some hope that maybe it would be different. So that was Alicia Dexter talking with me and with Alex Neeson, our staff writer. Um, And if you want to learn more about the media scene in Alabama, check out the Perception issue in which we have a story about that 
Uh, we'll see you next week. 